Hello, my friends. You're listening to Repent and Believe podcast with Cynthia Smalls of Back to God Ministries. Welcome, my friends. Here we talk and teach the message of Jesus Christ, the only one who can claim the title of Savior of the world. We also discuss all things repentance and belief in Jesus Christ and how all these things tie into living a lifestyle where our deeds are manifested and fast and God so that we may be molded by the Father into vessels to be used for His glory. Amen. Amen. All right, so let's get started. Hey everyone, before we get started, I'd like to say thank you for tuning in. And if you enjoy my podcast, please share download, leave me a message or comment. Thanks guys. Hello everyone. This is Cynthia Smalls with Back to God Ministries. How's everyone doing today? I pray that all is well in your lives, that you are walking by faith and not by sight. You beloved are to never give up on the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. All right, my brothers and sisters in Christ Jesus. What we talking about today? Well, the wheat and the tares will soon be separated. Harvest time will be here soon enough. Beloved, I've said this many times on the podcast. According to the Bible, the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God. The first mention of not inheriting the kingdom of God is found in Paul's first letter to the church at Corinth. This passage lists sins lifestyles that if indulged continuously it identifies a person as not being redeemed by Christ and face if there be no repentance eternal separation from God Paul asked the Corinthian church do you not know that the wicked will not inherit the kingdom of God. We see this down in verse 6 of, I'm sorry, in verse 9 of 1 Corinthians 6. He asked them, Do you not know? Because apparently they were over there cutting up. Do you not know? that the wicked will not inherit the kingdom of God. Do not be deceived. Neither the sexual immoral, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor male prostitutes, nor homosexual offenders, nor thieves, nor the greedy, nor drunkards, nor slanderers, nor swindlers will inherit the kingdom of God. Amen. 1 Corinthians 6, 9 through 10. 
the difference between one who follows the Lord and one who doesn't is the struggle against sin and the ability to overcome it. A true follower of the Lord Jesus Christ will always repent, will always eventually return to God, and will always fight the struggle against sin by crucifying their fleshly desires on a consistent, habitual practicing basis, all possible by the Holy Spirit who indwells them. Them who? The one who is truly born of God. My friends, listen, the Bible gives no support for the idea that a person who perpetually and unrepentantly engages in sin can indeed be a child of God. So say 1 John 3, 10. Listen, by this, the children of God and the children of the devil are clearly identified, colon. Anyone who does not practice righteousness, who does not seek God's will in thought, action, and purpose is not of God, nor is the one who does not unselfishly love his believing brother. Amen. So now listen, our response towards sin is to hate it, uh-huh, to reject it, to repent of it and forsake it. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Listen, when there is a struggle with sin by the power of the Holy Spirit who lives in us, we can resist and overcome sin. The hallmark of a true follower is the decreasing presence of sin in his or her life. As, <clears throat> as we grow and mature in the faith, right? Sin has less and less of a hope. <clears throat> Excuse me. <clears throat> okay. The hallmark of a true follower is the decreasing presence of sin in his or her life. As we grow and mature in the faith, sin has less and less of a hold on us. So, of course, sinless perfection is impossible in this life, but our hatred for sin becomes greater as we mature. Therefore, it does. I'm, I'm a witness and I'm not the only one. There is going to come a time in your walk with Christ that sin does not hold the same attraction. 
it's, it's not as appealing as it once was. You want to know why? The lake of fire. We now got the memo. Holy God, our father ain't playing when it comes to that lake of fire. He ain't playing what Christ has done for us at the cross. Listen, beloved, I'm here to break it to you. There is zero, zero tolerance for blatant, habitual, deliberate sin. We have absolutely no excuse. That's what makes it so heartbreaking when the brethren refuses to get on board with Jesus who tells us to in order to be his disciple. We must pick up our cross, deny ourselves, and follow him. He is the way. The way to what? The Father. He is the only way to go to avoid hell's fire and then and then be thrown into the lake of fire. Listen, eternity awaits for every single soul. Mm-hmm. Whether how we spend eternity will be determined how we live on this side and the choice we make for Christ. If we reject Christ, well, we will spend eternity in hell as we await the final judgment only for hell to empty herself and the residents will stand before Jesus Christ on the day of judgment and the books will be opened. And what is written in the books Will, wait a minute, where's my, I need Revelation 20. Here we go. Revelation 20, verse 12. Listen, and I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God, and the books were opened, and another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged out of those things which were written in the books according to their works. That's what's going to happen to the soul who refused Jesus Christ. And what is also so disheartening is that many who thought they were Christians only to find out that Christ will say to them, depart from me, I never knew you. You were, look, you were not part of this family, but Lord, Lord. And he said, why call me Lord when you don't obey my commandments? Because you and I can fight with each other over doctrine, over thus saith the Lord all day. But at the end of the day, no one will stand with us before the Lord on that day. It would behoove us to bow the knee, 
surrender all to God, resist the devil, and he will flee. Allow Holy Spirit, without grieving him, allow him to sanctify us. Sanctification is simply a holy process where just for a lack of a definition, it is simply just getting this world system gutted out of us so that we can obey Christ Jesus and be separated, pulled away from this world unto God, being consecrated, meaning being set apart for his purpose, his will, his thoughts and plans for our lives. And we do it wholeheartedly because we fear him and we respect him and we love him. It's not a problem to want to obey. We don't find his commandments to be burdensome. Not at all. We who truly love Jesus Christ, we walk out our salvation with fear and trembling. We understand there is no one else coming to save us. Christ Jesus was the last lamb to be slain. He is the propitiation for sins. What he did on the cross for humanity appeased God's wrath because, again, his justice demanded payment for sin. And we, as fallen creation, could not have paid that huge sin debt that we racked up and stacked up. Only Christ Jesus, because he was the only one who was sinless and perfect and walked in complete obedience to the father Mm -hmm. he's our example in obedience and excellence and what it means to put what we want to the wayside and follow him so our response to sin is no we no no flesh We're not doing it. And the reason why we stand so hard against it, Holy Spirit, he's in us testifying about Jesus. He convinces convinces us when we do act up that we are children of God and children of God who names the name of the Lord, well, we depart from iniquity. So say 2 Timothy 2.19. So Paul over there in 1 Corinthians, now listen, he isn't saying that if you ever commit a homosexual act or you lied one time or you stole something one time that you're going straight to hell's fire 
and that you are just forever excluded from the kingdom of God. He isn't saying that if you were ever guilty of idolatry or ever committed adultery or ever swindled someone or ever got drunk, even if only one time, that you are just excluded from the kingdom of God. Because clearly, many of these Corinthians had lived for lengthy periods of time in such behavior. But, but says Paul down in verse 11, reminding them and reminding us, okay, of who we are and what had happened to us now. He says, but you were washed. Okay, you were sanctified. Hello. You were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the Spirit of our God. Amen. So, in other words, he has in mind unrepented immorality and drunkenness and idolatry that if we keep it up, just keep on just rolling in it day in and day out. No remorse, no repentance. You just living your best disobedient and wayward life ever. He's not talking about people who missed the mark. Because as long as we have breath and God's amazing grace is still available and Holy Spirit can get it through to us that we are now washed in the blood of the Lamb. Therefore, stop it. Whatever, whatever it is, don't do that no more. Uh-uh. Children of God, do not make it a practice. Not that they won't ever sin, but our mindset is set on Christ and eternity, and therefore that knowledge compels us to reign in the flesh. We don't, we don't, set up situations any longer that would put us in a position to sin. We look around our lives and we just start pinpointing certain triggers. Oh, okay, I can't be around that person. Oh, okay, you know what? I can't watch that anymore. You know what? I'm not listening to none of that any longer because it puts me in a space and mindset to want to have sex. Cer certain things. And we all had those triggers that we know certain people, certain places, certain types of music and, and, and television shows and videos, certain things. Uh-uh. We can't. I know for me, I can't 
on a daily, regular basis, listen to old school slow music. Ain't happening. Now, I can hear a song or two. I can, you know, I can watch, let's say, a video of of a song that I grew up on from maybe like the 70s and the 80s. But when I start, just keep playing them over and over, especially any music from the 90s and the early 2000s, when I was full steam in my fornication and um, harlotry, ain't no way in the world can I just feed on that type of music anymore because eventually seeds are going to be planted. Therefore, we look over our lives, combing through it to find out what would cause us to stumble. And once we pinpoint it, then we know to go in the opposite direction. Because at the end of the day, the Bible is clear. The wheat will be separated from the tares. All those claiming Jesus' name, but still living a life of practicing sin. You're not going to make it. None of us are going to make it. That's why, that's why, as your sister in Christ, if I can get it out. As your sister in Christ, we must encourage one another to do good. You want to know why? Not so that we can paint ourselves as self-righteous or we are just some holier than thou or we just miss goody two-shoes. No, we understand we got a king (laughs) that's coming back. He's coming back for his bride. Who will be without spot and wrinkle? Listen, when we do sin, we are broken and grieved by it. And we go to God and we seek help so that he can cleanse us and forgive us but we don't take that for granted and that's the problem that's the problem now isn't it wonderful that when we miss it that we can go to God and he is faithful according to 1 John 1 9 he will forgive but um listen don't think that you or I can pull anything over on him. Who, who do you think he is? First of all, he knows everything. He sees everything. He's all-powerful, all-knowing. Hello, he's God. And see, another huge problem that's happening is that God has been watered down by the apostate church to no more than just a feel good who wants to only bless you and to encourage. Look, 
motivational, encourage you to to keep trucking along, but you're living in sin. So he don't have anything to say about sin. Well, over here, we don't we don't focus on sin. We just want everyone to have a good time, enjoy life. But what happens when I die? Oh, well, you're going to heaven. Most assuredly, you're going to heaven. Do not be deceived, beloved. Don't. Listen. What I want to give you. Mm. Mm Mm-hmm. Hebrews I want actually I want to give you a few a few scriptures just just so we can all stay sober minded. I want to give you Revelation 22:15. I've already given you 1 Corinthians 6, 9 through 10 that uh-uh, no, no one who is unrighteous, and he's talking to the church, will ever inherit God's kingdom. Mm-hmm. And then I want to give you Galatians 5, 19 to 21. And then I want to give you Ephesians 5, 5. And then 1 Timothy 1, 9. And then Hebrews 12, 14. Okay. Are you ready? Revelation 22, 15. Outside are the dogs and sorcerers and the sexual immoral and murderers and idolaters and everyone who loves and practices falsehood. That means liars. Yep, liars. I gave you a first Corinthians six, nine through ten, right? Mm-hmm. I'm giving us these scriptures to to keep us in a position that if we think for one skinny moment that our father hallowed be his precious good name will just be okie doke with our sin well these scriptures wake us up oh yes it does galatians uh-huh. Galatians 5, 19 to 21. Here, Paul is talking about the works of the flesh. Again, he's talking to the church at Galatia, and he's talking to us today. Because, because, <laughs> I'm, okay, okay. It's like on one hand and then on the other hand, right? We know, according to the Bible, that children of God does not make it a practice to willfully, habitually, and deliberately go on sinning. But we do know Christians do sin and have sinned, right? And so those just, those self-righteous ones who dumb down their noses on on the brethren who are wayward. We listen, contrary to Cain, but we are our brothers keepers. 
This is why we shouldn't forsake the fellowshipping of one another so that we can encourage each other to do good and to remind each one of us that if we go on deliberately sinning, well, our expectation is not the kingdom. According to Hebrews Hebrews 10, 26, what we can expect, fiery judgment. Yep, that's that's what we can expect if we go on just, come on now. Because Christ Jesus is the only one that can save us. No one else is coming. (laughs) Matter of fact, I want us to go to Hebrews. Come on. Let's just come over here to Hebrews 10. Because, yeah, sometimes we we really need to keep our eyes on the scriptures. Okay, I want that. And I want, I actually want to take, I want to go to 27. Hebrews 10, uh-huh, 26 to 27. For if we sin willfully, after that we have received the knowledge of the truth, uh-huh, there remaineth no more sacrifice for sins, but, okay, but a certain fearful looking for of judgment and fiery indignation which shall devour the adversaries. Okay, let's see um, how the Amplify says that. Because, beloved, at the end of, of the day, it is either Christ or judgment. So, if we go on <clears throat> willfully and deliberately sinning after receiving the knowledge of the truth, there no longer remains a sacrifice to atone for our sins. That is no further offering to anticipate, but a kind of awful and terrifying expectation of divine judgment and the fury of a fire and burning wrath which will consume the adversaries, those who put themselves in opposition to God. Amen. It is a terrifying thing to fall into the hands of the living God. And judgment begins at the house of the Lord. No one else is coming to lay down their sinless, perfect life for us. No, outside of Christ Jesus, not one. None is good. None is righteous. No one else is coming to atone for sin. It's done. Finished. Finito. So, if we willfully go on sinning, our expectation, okay? Because I know many say, well, if a person just goes on sinning like that, well, well, they were never converted in the first place. Okay, you know what? Point. 
However, however, Hebrews 10, 26 to 27 is talking about the one who had, in fact, received the knowledge of the truth. The writer here is not talking about a false convert. Uh-uh. And, and I know that's an easy go-to to say, well, that person wasn't converted in the first place. Well, you know what? That could be true, but this writer here is talking about someone who has tasted the goodness of the Lord. They received the knowledge of the truth, but guess what they decided to do? Mm-hmm. They decided to not obey. So it's making it and it's and it is making it, it clear what we can expect when we are disobedient and it's not the kingdom. Re, irregardless of what that damnable once I'm saved, I'm always saved got to say, no. No, no, and a big fat, no ma'am. The kingdom is not for our inheritance if we continue to live a life like this. The Okay, I've made the point. Because see, sometimes I've, I just be trying to drive home the awareness. We serve a God who is holy. Mm-hmm. And according to Hebrews, right, I was giving us some scriptures. And according to Hebrews 12, 14, without holiness, no one will see the Lord. That's all I'm trying to say. I'm not sitting, I, I, keep, I keep saying this from day one. No one is sitting up here condemning. I'm pleading with you. I'm pleading with the ones who are living in adulterous remarriages, who are still smoking weed because they got cataracts, who are still smoking cigarettes, who are still living in fornication. You're living with that person. Y'all two are single, never been married, but y'all two are living together, shacking up, having sex, unbridled sex every day, talking about this is my my fiance. Okay, well then have them move out. Stop having sex with them until you all are actually married. Well, yeah, well, I'm going to marry them anyway. Okay, we'll have sex then. Stop having it now and have it then. I'm telling you. That's why Jesus said only a few. And so this is warnings. Loving warnings that all of us. Listen, I am not excluded. I'm not. We all must come to the understanding Christ Jesus is coming back. And when he returns, he he has his reward with him. Wasn't I giving y'all Galatians, I believe, right? 
Galatians 5, 19 to 21, because Paul has given us the works of the flesh. That's what I was saying. That he is telling the church at Galatia, and he's telling us too, that these lifestyles that he's about to list is, is like 17 of them. Because he had warned before. Oh, Holy Spirit. So apparently, Paul kept telling the body of Christ to stop it. Stop. Stop all the sleeping around. Stop all of this. Stop all of that. And so, and he penned another list. Just like he penned it over there in 1 Corinthians 6, 9. Just like he penned it over there in um, Colossians chapter 3. What else? Yeah, every single letter that Paul wrote, maybe outside of Philemon, he's always exhorting us about these lifestyles that if we go on practicing them, well, we face God's wrath, irrespective of us saying we are born again, but the proof is in the pudding. Look at the lifestyle. Just look at your life. How are you truly, really living in public and behind closed doors? So over here, he's saying the works of the flesh are evident, meaning it's clear. Listen, <laughs> when Paul says the work, the works of the flesh are evident, He's saying they are obvious. They are noticeable. It's visible, crystal clear, out on front street. It's plain. It is wide open. It is blatant. Unmistakable. Mm-hmm. You can't contest it when it's right in your face. I keep it, you know, it, it, it now amazes me how we even thought that God is not getting it as if it's something wrong with his mindset. No, it was all the way our mindsets that were completely wrong. What? And I'm not talking about when when we were like sinners in the world. I'm talking about some of us who have come to Christ and instead of sitting with him long enough so Holy Spirit can train us in sanctification, we ran off and heaped upon ourselves these teachers. Whether we knew that that was what we were doing but anybody, I know in my case, I can only speak for me. I know in my case, early, early in my walk with Christ, I was a hot mess because I thought I can still have the world. I can still have boyfriends, although I had a living spouse, but I was under the false doctrine that if they committed adultery or, or I committed adultery, it's okay to divorce and remarry and start afresh. Well, mm-mm. So, Galatians. I'm telling you, I can go, I can get off on the bunny trail in a minute. 
Galatians 5, 19, 21, Paul is saying is evident, is obvious that if we continue to live like this, don't even think about the kingdom. Sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and things like these. Now, I warn you, as I warned you before, that those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. Amen. And beloved, this right here is the lane in which I'm coming with this podcast. Now, I know I've spoke about many lanes. The same lane is being told in so many scriptures that the brethren warns one another that if you are living in such a way that is contrary to holiness, godliness, goodness, and sanctification, there's a possibility you're going to miss heaven. That's why Paul said he beat his body. He's behaving like a boxer in training. He ain't just beating the air for nothing. He is on purpose making sure that he stay the course so that after preaching the gospel to others, that he himself might become a castaway, that he becomes disqualified from what? The kingdom. So if once saved, always saved was sound doctrine, then I keep asking this same rhetorical question, then why was Paul so concerned about him being a castaway, being disqualified? If once I'm saved, I'm always saved. Once I'm in the family, I'm always in the family. If that was true, why didn't Paul just come out and say that? You want to know why? It's not true. Now, calm down. We do. Now, listen. We do have assurance of eternal life because that's the blessed hope we are hanging on for and waiting on when Christ returns or we go by the way of the grave. But to whom will it be given to? So Christ Jesus tells us to whom and the fact that he told us to whom it will be given to. Well, we got to match up. We have to match up with that one that he says to them. To them who? Well, we need to come over here to John 10. Yeah, we do. We need to come over to John 10 to find out to whom he's going to give eternal life to. And we got to make sure he's talking about us. Are we in this description? 
Come on down to verse 27. The sheep, John 10, the sheep that are my own hear my voice and listen to me. I know them and they follow me. And verse 28, I give them eternal life and they will never by any means perish and no one no one who will keep this chapter in context because he's talking about hirelings wolves in sheep's clothing these righteous no these self-righteous religious ones who have appointed themselves as a shepherd, but meanwhile, they ain't nothing but hirelings who don't believe God at the end of the day. They are unbelievers because he was talking to these Pharisees. No man, meaning no false teacher who carries false doctrine can snatch us away from Jesus. You want to know why? Our ears are only attentive to what he has to say. So if he says it's adultery when you have a living covenant spouse and you remarry, we can take his word over any other quote-unquote doctrine. Because you see, this is this is what it means to truly follow Jesus when we listen to what he has to say and then we go on and obey it. And and if we don't fully understand it, then we go to the Father to ask for wisdom. Ask him to help you understand the scriptures because that's what the disciples did to Jesus all the time. We see in the four gospels. Anytime Christ gave a lesson. And the disciples didn't quite understand it when they got a moment along with Jesus. Jesus, they asked him, can you explain the parable of the sower? Can you explain the da-da-da-da? And Christ was, and he would sit back and explain it to them. Getting them to understand, you got to have faith. Ye of little faith. He was preparing the disciples for his eventual crucifixion and resurrection. And although some of them couldn't really understand and truly believe like Doubt and Thomas, nonetheless, what he says is true and it will always come to pass. Whether or not you fully understand it or not, but by faith, stick with Jesus anyway, because he's going to make it clear. Eventually, it's all going to be made clear. Yes, Holy Spirit, because he said a time is coming when you won't have to ask me anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hey, oh, just hang on in there. Just don't discount it because it's not making any sense to you or you find it hard to really do that. So, Lord Jesus, um, 
You mean tell me that because I have a living spouse, husband or wife number one is still alive, I can't remarry. And if I do so, it's adultery. And I'm saying in your word that um, no adulterer will inherit the kingdom of God and that adulterers along with the fornicators and the murderers and the liars will be thrown into the lake of fire. And Lord Jesus says, yeah. Now, now y'all know I'm paraphrasing, but go into the scriptures because this is what the Bible is telling us. The answer is yup. Yes, you will be thrown into that lake of fire. So that tidbit alone keeps a lot of us on the straight and narrow path. Yeah. What else I got over here for you all? Ephesians 5, 5. Uh Uh-huh. For you may be sure of this, that everyone who is sexual, immoral, or impure, or who is covetous, that is an idolator, has no inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and God. Amen. It cannot be any clearer. And this is why over here on the podcast, we go over and over scriptures, especially certain ones, over and over and over again. You want to know why? So that we can get it deep rooted on the inside of us because the word of God does protect us. His grace teaches us to reject all ungodliness, every last stick and bit of it. And not only that, but to reject worldly, unholy desires. No longer do we desire to sleep with the same sex. No longer do we desire to commit adultery and fornication and lying and murder just willfully with with no regard of the consequence. You see, that's what iniquity is. It is that mindset that you don't care that the wages of sin is death. Uh-uh. It means nothing to you. And so you go about with this cavalier attitude about sin. We're not going to make it. Mm-mm. And so that's why over there on YouTube earlier today, I did a little brief um lesson about the wheat and the tares. So the whole gist of it all was that we cannot be deceived. Uh-uh. Without living a holy life, you and I will not be going to heaven. Jesus Christ did not die and suffer. So we can continue to live unrighteous, unholy, unclean lives. We must be fully prepared to enter eternity to meet Lord Jesus, the King of glory, 
one way or the other, judgment will be pronounced. So, like I was saying, I did a YouTube video about the great separation that is coming when Christ returns. I'm going to leave a link to it in the description because I basically exhorted. Hold on. I'm going to read it verbatim from my lesson text because I said that our nation, if not the world, is full of compromising professing believers who must repent of their wicked, disobedient ways. They lie. They cheat. They fornicate, commit adultery, and all that is taking all this is taking place while claiming that Jesus is their Lord and Savior. Well, that's a problem. Yes, that's a huge problem. And then I, w- I was giving them these uh, scriptures on the judgment and separation. So I'm going to share those scriptures with you all over here because at the end of the day, this is what we really talking about today. The great separation, the judgment. There will be a separation of the righteous and the unrighteous. And Christ Jesus kept pointing that out in different parables. It's all saying the same thing. The wicked and the righteous going to be separated. The clean and the unclean going to be separated. So Matthew 25 verses 31 to 34 talks, talks about the sheep from the goats. But when the Son of Man comes in his glory and majesty and all the angels with him, then he will sit on the throne of his glory. All the nations will be gathered before him for judgment, and he will separate them one from another as a shepherd uh, separates his sheep from the goats, and he will put the sheep on his right, the place of honor. And the goat on his left, the place of rejection. Then the king will say to those on his right, Come, you blessed of my father, you favored of God, appointed to eternal salvation. Inherit the kingdom prepared prepared for you from the foundation of the world. Amen. And that is going to take place. Listen, whether you believe this or not, nonetheless, it's going to be a great separation. Matthew 13, 24 to 30 talks about the wheat from the tares. Jesus gave them another parable to consider saying, the kingdom of heaven is like a man who sowed good seed in his field. But while his men were sleeping, his enemy came and sowed weeds, resembling wheat among the wheat, and went away. So when the plants sprouted and formed grain, the weeds appeared also. 
the servants of the owner came to him and said, Sir, did, did you not sow good seed in your field? Then how does it have weeds in it? He replied to them, An enemy has done this. The servants asked him, Then do you want us to go and pull them out? But he said, No. Because as you pull out the weeds, you may uproot the wheat with them. Let them grow together until the harvest. And at harvest time, I would tell the reapers, first gather the weeds and tie them in bundles to be burned, but gather the wheat into my barn. Amen. So, beloved. As I was mentioning before, we do have this quiet assurance within us that when we listen, follow, and obey Christ Jesus, living in complete gratification for our salvation, where we humbly submit ourselves to God and live a faithful life unto Christ, well then, yes, we can expect the kingdom because we are living as Christ is telling us how to live. But but if we just live in any kind of way, and then we go to somebody's apostate church to affirm our foolishness and filthiness and and tell us that we can demand our our inheritance in spite of us not living clean and holy but you can decree and declare the kingdom anyway no that's not how this works beloved So we know eternal life is available and God has promised it to his children. His children that are actually born again. Who listens, follows, and obeys Jesus Christ. Because what he done said over there in John 10 is clear as crystal about to whom he's going to give it to. He ain't giving it to the ones who are still living fornication, idolatry, adultery, homosexuality, effeminate, drunkenness, stealing, lying, murdering, gossiping, backbiting, heresies. Mm-mm. Anyone now who, yeah, Paul. It's like, he's saying, how many times I got to tell you, I warned you and then I warned you before. Those who continue to live like this will not inherit his kingdom. Lord Jesus says, uh-huh, let them all grow up together. I got you. Because I'm not going to uproot the weeds. For by doing so, some of the uh, 
wheat might get uprooted. But don't worry. I got everybody. Because when I come, I'm sending the reapers. Where he says that he is going to tell the reapers, first gather the weeds, tie them in bundles to be burnt. But that gather the wheat into my barn. Uh-huh. That's why he said over there in Revelation 22, I want to say verse 11. I'm going to look it up, but hold on. Because he was like, no, see, I got to go. <laughs> I got to look it up because I love exactly how he says it. Hold on. And then I'm going to let you all go. Yeah. Revelation 22, 11. Look what he says. Hold on. I want to open it up. I want to open up the um, app Amplified, right? Because he was like, okay, uh-huh. let the one who does wrong still do wrong. Mm-hmm. And the one who is filthy, vile, impure, okay, still be filthy. And the one who is righteous, just upright, still be righteous. And the one who is holy, mm-hmm, still be holy. Amen. Yep. So that's how all that's about to go down. Because then um, <clears throat> he's saying in verse 12, Behold, I, Jesus, am coming quickly. And my reward is with me to give to each one according to the merits of his deeds earthly works, faithfulness. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last, the beginning and the end, the eternal one. Listen, verse 14 to uh, uh, 15. Mm -hmm. Because again, just so if we didn't know, well, this passage of scripture is about to let us know. Blessed are those who wash their robes in the blood of Christ by believing and trusting in him, the righteous who do his commandments so that they may have the right to the tree of life and may enter by the gates into the city outside. Uh-huh. Outside are the dogs. The godless, the impure, those of low moral character, and the sorcerers with their intoxicating drugs and magic arts, and the immoral persons, the perverted, the molesters, and the adulterers, and the murderers, and the idolaters, and everyone who loves and practices lying, deception, cheating. They ain't getting in. This is being written to the body of Christ. Sinners are not cracking open up the Bible and reading this. So to whom do you think it's being written to? Just so if we think about getting off the rails, 
All we got to do is crack this open and be reminded about what happens to the disobedient ones. Oh, beloved, I'm going to let y'all go. Yeah, I'm going <laughs> to, let me see. I just want to make sure before I let y'all go, I'm going to say what I got to say. So, as I depart, I'm going to leave you just like I told them over there on YouTube. I'm going to leave you with what I came in today. A great separation is about to take place. And before we know it, the Lord Jesus Christ will be separating the wheat from the tares, the righteous from the unrighteous, the clean from the unclean. The unclean will go away to everlasting destruction and the righteous those who washed their robes in the blood of Jesus, who followed, listened, and obeyed the great shepherd, will go on to glory. Amen. Oh, Father, in the name of Christ Jesus, you are great. You are holy. You are God. You tell us so clearly in your word about who will not inherit the kingdom of God. Scripture after scripture, Galatians 5, 19 and 21, Ephesians 5, 5, 1 Corinthians 6, 9 to 11, Revelation 21, 8, Hebrews 10, 26, Romans 6.23, 1 Corinthians 15.50. No excuse. No excuse. What's really sobering, because it's so many passages of scriptures that are sobering, but I'm looking at Luke 13, 23. And someone said to him, Lord, will those who are saved be few? Mm. Lord Jesus, he told us, didn't he, Father? He told us over here in Matthew about the few. He told us about two gates, two paths, two eternal destinations, and two groups. That's why he challenged us and exhorted us, enter by the narrow gate, for wide is the gate and broad is the way that leads to destruction, and there are many who go in by it. Because narrow is the gate, and difficult is the way which leads to life, and there are few who find it. Amen. Father, there are so many religious ones who want to teach a works-based salvation. 
that all you got to do is do this and do that, and then you will be justified. Now, Father, we already know it is by your grace that when we put our faith and trust in Jesus Christ, then we shall be saved. When we live according to your wonderful instructions, then we can be partakers of your precious promises. But many of the brethren are trying to get there by some other way. It seems, Father, that a lot of the brethren do not want to crucify the flesh. They want to get there on that broad way, that that wide road that says, live how you want to live. You're still going to go to heaven anyway. But Christ Jesus said, few, few, few people want to live a life of faith, repentance, obedience, and self-denial. I pray. I pray in the name of Jesus for the brethren that are wayward. I pray that they return back to you, Father, that your lights come back to you and that they understand the error of their ways. And may you continue to give us encouragement and boldness to speak to the brethren who are, in fact, going the wrong way. They are on a slippery slope. And if they don't watch it, they just might miss heaven. Oh, Father, God forbid that after enduring and finishing this race, That if we decide at any point in this race to stop running and turn around and go back, we're not going to make it. Father, please continue to strengthen us to fight the good fight of faith that no matter what, is going on in the world today, no matter what is going on individually in our lives, that we remain faithful to Lord Jesus, that we stick to him, abide in him continuously. My mindset and what I am pressing on to convey to the brethren, the mindset is eternity because that is where the soul will spend eternity. And if we keep our thoughts and hearts and minds on this world and get ourselves tangled up again, Second Peter 2 is telling us we will be worse off than before. Because it would be better if we had never known the way to righteousness than to have known it and reject the command 
we were given to live holy lives, well, we prove the truth of the proverb that a dog returns back to his vomit. And then another says that a washed pig goes right back to the mud. Paul says, but we were washed. We have no business whatsoever to go back to the mud, to go back to the vomit. For what? When we know Hebrews 9.27, we all have an appointment with Hebrews 9.27. It is appointed for a man to die once, and after that comes the judgment. If Christ continues to tarry in his return, we all have an appointment with death. That, that alone should keep us sober. That we can try to pull something over on you, Father, and then expect to step into eternity to hear, well done, good and faithful servant, Thank you for your grace and your mercy each and every day that we do have the opportunity to live a life of repentance, to produce fruit in accordance to a changed life. Thank you for your mercy. And we ask in the name of Jesus that you keep us sober-minded. The day of judgment is fastly approaching and there will be a great separation. May it be that we be assigned to the right. To the right. Bless you, Father. In Jesus' mighty name, I pray. Amen. Amen. All right, beloved. Listen, I want to leave us with this answer to a question. Why? Why is it that the narrow gate is difficult and that few will find the path that leads to eternal life? You want to know why? Because by and large, most people want the easy way to heaven. Mm -hmm. Many and most don't want to crucify that flesh. Lord Jesus warned. He warned us to strive to enter through that narrow door. So, beloved, go in peace. In love. Walk the straight and the narrow path. Remember always. Because it's not about what I say. Because as far as you are concerned, I'm just talking to be talking. But there is one who watches over all of us, both the wicked and the saints. He is watching. Remember that. And Lord willing, until next time. Hallelujah. I shall be speaking to you all soon. Praise the living God. Bye for now. Thank you 
guys for tuning in. I truly appreciate all your support. Until next time, I'll be talking to y'all soon. Bye.